As we get started uh, tonight, I'd like to invite um, one of your youth pastors, Pastor Dan and his wife, Amy. Will you come on up here? Dan, uh, yeah, give a shout out to Dan Perkins. Dan is uh, the pastor over the furnace. He's been on staff here for eight or nine years and uh, has his lovely wife, Amy. And they're, even what we've done this week in the prayer room, they've helped make that happen. And I just wanted you to meet them. So let's give a big shout out to Dan and Amy. Pastor Dan. All right. Well, hey, everybody. We are very excited just to jump in and be a part of TAG. And we're so just loving what God's doing. So again, I'm Dan. This is my wife, Amy. Uh, we've been married for 18 months, and uh, it's going well. And so anyway, uh, again, this is really exciting. We just have a, I have a passion to see you guys and just going hard after Jesus and uh, living in authentic Christianity. And so I'm just excited to see what God's doing in worship and prayer. And so this is a lot of fun for us. Um, I'm actually from Texas. I uh, moved here. <laughs> Five years ago. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, And I am so excited to be a part of TAG. I know we keep saying that over and over again. Um, But I truly have a passion to see you young women lead. Uh, No matter what your background is, no matter what your story is, no matter how old you are, um, I really have a passion to see you guys leading in this generation. So we're really excited to be a part. Yeah, let's give them a big hand. Can you do that? Two weeks ago, we talked about passion. Last week, we talked about intercession. Tonight, we're going to talk about consecration. Raise your hands with me. Father, we love you so much. And God, we are so honored to be your children. We would rather be in your house with your people in your presence than anywhere else tonight. So Spirit of the living God, would you touch us, change us, transform us? Amen. A number of years ago, I went skydiving. Anybody ever been skydiving? I went with my buddy Tyrell, actually it was quite a few years ago, it was before he was married, before he had children, before he uh, had multiple ear piercings. And uh, so we went, we went skydiving a number of years ago. And one of the things that's fun about skydiving is, is the moment that you jump out of the airplane, your heart just beats a million miles an hour and it's just a free fall. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. It's just kind of this incredible rush. One of the, and another thing that I love is whitewater rafting. Every year we take DLA whitewater rafting. You've been whitewater rafting? Yeah. There's a, lot, there's, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of enthusiasm as you go down the river and avoid rocks. And it's exciting. It's fun. I, I love to ski. I've skied in the Rockies and the Alps. That's fun. It's exhilarating. And in, 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 in a moment, you're cruising down and your heart's alive. You love it. There's some, there's some, there's some rush. There's some enthusiasm. There's fascination. I, I, I love to see the sun set over the ocean. You love that? Have you ever done, seen that? I I love that. All of us love stuff. All of us, there's some, there's some things that when you experience, you see, you love to be fascinated. You, you've been created by God that way. And all of us have things that we love. Some of you love fishing. All right. Anybody love fishing out there? You've got that. You, you, You like to fish. Some of you guys love cinematography. You like to, you like the, the, the movie world. Some of you love the music world when you, you like to hear. Yeah. You like, you like the music stuff. Some of you, you, you love video games and you try, to, you try to reach level 150 on the latest Duck Hunt video game, Nintendo, Atari, whatever it is, computer game. And you're fascinated by it. You love it. You get excited by it and oftentimes even addicted to some of those things. Realistically, the way that God created the human heart is we love, we love to be enthralled. We love to be awestruck, to be marvel, to have possessed marvel in in our heart. You can't divorce yourself from it. You were created that way by God. And so no matter what, no matter who you are and anybody that says, no, I like to be bored. 
I, I, I love boredom. I like nothing going on. I like to sit by myself alone and look at nothing and see nothing. I, I don't like, I, 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 I love boredom. Anybody that would ever say that, you'd look at them and you'd say, you're an idiot. Anybody that would have said that, you wouldn't believe them. You'd probably look at them and say, liar. You'd probably look at them because realistically it's not so. And someone that says they are is, is living in, in fantasy because it's just not true. It's impossible. It's impossible because you at your core, the God of the ages who created you, created within you a desire to worship, to be fascinated, to be thrilled, to possess awe, to possess wonder, and all of, us, all of us are created that way. You're created. At your very core, you are created by God. We're talking about the God that has literally thousands upon thousands declaring his grandeur. We're talking about the God who has seraphim that fall down before him declaring that he is holy. We're talking about the God who creates the heavens and the earth. We're talking about the God who is big, who is majestic. And when we talk about the idea of consecration, your God... First Peter 2, he says, be holy as I am holy. And he's inviting you in to marvel. He's, he's inviting you into a world of loving what he loves. He's, he's inviting you into ultimately a whole different way of looking at life. And most people look at holiness or consecration and they think holiness and consecration is when I stop doing bad things. But I want to talk to you tonight for just a few minutes about the secret the secret to consecration, the secret to living with true marvel on the inside. You were created to have a heart alive. You were created to have a, a, a eyes that behold something glorious, something wonderful. And the problem that you and I have is that we live in an age where you have God offering delight in him. And you have the enemy saying, let me show you a way to find delight and it's a lesser way. And I don't look at you tonight and say that the pleasure of sin doesn't exist because it does. All throughout the scriptures, you find it. Even in Hebrews 11, when it speaks of Moses, it talks about how Moses chose the pleasures of God over the pleasures of sin. And inherent in that, we find that there is for a short season there is some short-term delights and pleasures in this world. But you and I were created to live with something far bigger than what the world has to offer or what sin has to offer. And I wanna read tonight out of Psalm 36. It's a great verse. Verse seven says this, how priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. Here it is. They feast on the abundance of your house and you give them drink, here it is, from your river of delights. You give them drink from your river of delights. And some of us, when we think about God, when you think about God, you think about feasting on the abundance of his house or drinking from his river of pleasure and you think mostly about the things that you can't do. If I'm gonna be consecrated, then I'm gonna grip my teeth and I'm gonna stop doing bad stuff. Watch me. I'm gonna stop looking at stuff I shouldn't look at. I'm gonna stop being arrogant. I'm gonna stop lust. I'm gonna, oh, watch this. And that's how you try to be holy. It's all the things you can't do. It's just kind of gritting your teeth. And church and God, you think mostly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be good. Oh, watch me. 
Here we go. But one of the great secrets, one of the great secrets is not, is not staring at the things that we have been forbidden to do and backing up and saying, I'm going to not do those things. I'm going to not do those things. I'm going to not do those things. The secret, the secret to holiness, secret to real consecration for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, the secret to consecration is not what you say no to. It's what you say yes to. The secret to consecration is choosing to drink from the river of delights. If you'll lock into that lifestyle, I promise you, you'll start to step into a world that will shock you. Hebrews 12, two says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The idea is that we start to fix our eyes. It's what we actually say yes to, not what we say no to. It's that we start to actually develop when we were talking a minute ago about fascination, the same way that you would be fascinated about some of those things that I mentioned earlier. You would be fascinated with, you know, whitewater rafting or skydiving or movies or all that stuff. And you develop a, a, a fascination, a marvel, a awe with the one that we will worship forever and ever with the one who literally for billions and billions and billions of years, eternity, future, people will declare he's big and he's holy and he's true and he's faithful and he's awesome and he's good. And he is perfect love. If we start to reconcile that we need some of that now and today, and you start to step into that, you start to step into the big yes, not just the, I'm going to say no, but you start to step into the the pleasures that are available to you, the delights that are available to you, the abundance of of the food that is at his table, drinking from the river of his delights, it will change everything. See, what most of us do, what most of us do, let's just make this, let's just make this the sewers of sin right over here, okay? That's it. Make that and imagine drinking from the sewer of sin, literally waste. There it is, all right? Destroys you, it really does. If you were to drink this out of the sewers in Colorado Springs, it'd mess you up a little bit, right? In the same way, that's ultimately what sin does. Sin messes with you bad. Sin rips you to shreds. It's, it's, it's not good. So let's call that the sewer of sin. Let's call this the river of delights. The way that so many of us think that we gotta be consecrated and we gotta follow God is that we gotta, we gotta just say no to this. And the problem is, is that we spend so much of our life around this that we live a foot away and we just stare at it and we just live in this, no, 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 don't, do, no, don't look at that. No, 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 don't say that. Don't, don't, oh, oh. And our temptation is to, maybe I should just, uh, uh, try, well, just, well, a little bit, no, ah, 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 ah. And, and oh, it's Wednesday night, Ooh, uh-huh, Ooh. stare at it. And see, most of the time when, we, when you live this way, when you spend your life staring at sin, watching what you feed yourself upon, what you look at, what you think about, and you're like, okay, I'm not gonna sin, I'm not gonna sin, I'm not gonna sin. If you, what you gaze upon, you develop a hunger for. And as you look at it, you over and over and over again, if the Christian life is just, I'm gonna say no, I'm gonna say no, I'm gonna say no, in time you give in. The secret to consecration is not developing a, a bigger muscle of saying no. Ah, here's the secret. Secret is that you fix your eyes on what's available to you and you get addicted to the river of delights. You drink from the river of delights and you feast on God. 
And when you, when, you, when you try to spend your days, I'm talking your days, I mean, I mean days, I mean spending time with Jesus, I mean Bible open, I mean fasting and prayer, I mean wanting Jesus' mission for your school, I'm talking the things of God, the attributes of God, the character of God, what does God look like, what does eternity look like, what does it mean that we're going to rule and reign with him forever and ever, what does it mean that he wants me to follow him with a whole heart, in love with him in the present tense, what does it mean that I can actually give to accomplish his mission on the planet, what does it mean that Jesus died on the cross in my place for my sin and he rules and reigns forever and he's invited for Christ to live inside of me the hope of glory I'm talking those kinds of things where it's like a big deal to you it's not theoretical but you drink from it what happens is you start to develop a hunger for what you feast upon and as you feast upon this your heart starts to be transformed because all of a sudden you don't have you you don't you don't spend your time Gazing at this thing, no, 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 no. Instead, you spend your time over here, yes, 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 yes. And the things of earth grow strangely dim. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just telling you, the way forward, the way forward in consecration is not, is not I'm gonna build up a bigger say no muscle. And I'm gonna say no to... I'm gonna say no to that sin and I'm gonna say no to that sin and I'm gonna say no to that sin. The way to grow in saying no to sin is to learn how to say yes to drinking from the pleasures of God, to feasting on the abundance of his house. When we read in Luke 15, the prodigal son, the famous story, the prodigal son who sees this and fixes his eyes on this and says, Father, give me my inheritance. I wanna go And I'm going to go feast on sin. In time, this becomes miserable. In time, as he's eating the pig slop, he says, even the servants back at my father's house have enough to eat. I'll go back to my father. I'll look him in the eyes and I'll say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me a hired hand. He goes back. And while he's yet a long way off, it says that his father saw him, ran to him, had compassion on him, hugged him, and kissed him. And he fell to his knees and said, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me a hired hand. And his father says, no. Kill the fattened calf, put a ring on his finger, put a coat on his back, for my son was lost, and now he is found. He is dead, but now he is alive. And you, my son, I want you to feast at my table. And the way that the son lives well in the father's house is not gazing upon the sin. It's not, it's not oh, I, I, I'm gonna live in the father's house, but I wish that I could go out there and sin. The way that we live best is that holds nothing on me. At my father's house is where the abundance of life, life exists. And friends, as you, as you carry out being a teenager and then step into your 20s and step into your 30s, you will have so many, you will have so many that believe the lie of the enemy that says, surely, surely there's life out there. Surely the life of sin offers me something, but in the end, it's always ashes. How do you live consecrated as a, as a 15-year-old? How do you live consecrated as a 17-year-old? It is not. It is not. Well, let me just learn how to always say no, stare at it, consume my life with video 
movie content, uh, web content that's filled with lust, rage, anger, filth. I'll tell you the secret. If you put that before your eyes in time, you'll desire it. You will want it. Because whatever you feed upon, you develop an appetite for. And if you put it in front of your eyes, Matthew 6, you know what Matthew 6 says? Matthew 6 says that the eye is the lamp of the body. If the eye is good, the whole body is good. Whatever you fix your eyes upon, you'll develop a hunger for. David said in Psalm 27, 4, he said, this one thing I ask, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David goes, I know the way forward. I got a lot to do. I'm the king. I'm a famous warrior. Not bad that day I defeated Goliath. I got an entire empire to run. I'm gonna be the most well-known king in Israel's history. And yet I'm not consuming my life with, how to, with military strategy, how to build palaces, economics for Israel. Let me tell you how I define my life. This one thing I ask, this is what I seek. This is what I know to be good. This is the way forward. I wanna dwell in the house of God and I wanna gaze on God. As I hang out with young people, so many, so many, so many have committed time and time again I want to be holy. I want to be set apart. And in time, because they live over here, just looking at sin, looking at um, all, all the junk that lives in, in your generation, unlike any generation in history. There's more sex, sexual immorality available at your fingertips, on your TV, in the movie theaters today, on your, than in every, any time in history. You live in one of the most wicked and perverse generations in all of history. And if you say, well, this is just the way it is, I accept it, you watch. Over time, some of these things get, get locked, lodged into your heart. But I know the way forward. When Jesus invites us to look like him, 1 John 2, 6, it says, anyone who claims to be in Christ must walk as Jesus did. He's not giving us a mandate that is not possible. It is possible. It is possible to be holy in 2010 as a 16-year-old. It is possible. It is possible to be a woman of God at age 17 in 2010. It is possible. It is possible to not allow immorality to control an 18-year-old boy's mind in 2010. It is possible. It is possible to live without rage towards your parents. It is possible. It is possible to overcome sin. It is possible. Here's the secret. Gaze on God. Fix your eyes on God. Choose to get out. And the way, the way out is not, I'm going to stare at it, but I'm just not going to do it. The way is, all right, I'm going to intentionally forego some of those things in order to take time to put my heart before Jesus, to come before him. I spend time with him. I pray. I learn how to fast. I learned to live on mission with what he wants to do in my generation. And the things that are on his heart start to fill my heart. And what starts to happen is that you start to lose the appetite for those things. And I'm not even kidding, because the truth is, is that the way that most kids live in America is bored. Boredom. And because they're bored, because they're absolutely bored, they go, well, let me, I'll go try that out. I'll go try drunkenness out. I'll go try sexual immorality because I'm at, at the core. At the core, it's boredom. At the core, it's wrestling. At the core, it's a lack of knowing who I am. But let me tell you this. 
if, if in your heart there's exhilaration instead of boredom, if in your heart there's fascination with the God who created all things, who, who literally sent his son to die on a cross in human history, look historically, study it out. I'm not talking some pie in the sky. I'm talking you study it out. Study the case for Christ. Get Lee Strobel's books. You figure it out historically. Why not be a 16-year-old that starts to figure it out? Look at it. Research it. Study it out. God becomes man. God comes and God lives perfectly. He redeems human beings. He dies on a cross. He raises from the dead. He ascends to heaven and he invites you in Revelation 3 to rule and reign with him forever and ever. That story alone, and then he's going to come back for you. He's going to come back, and those that he chooses, those that that have said yes to him, are actually going to rule and reign with him for eternity. If if you start to buy into that, and that he has given you the dignity of possessing, finding total identity in him, and a mission to establish his kingdom on the earth, and the way that you get there is through prayer, the way that you get there is through getting to know Christ and Christ in you, and the way that that you get there is you start to literally see what he's called you to do, your strategy for your short 70 years. That's what Psalm 39 says. Life's but a mere breath. You start to get that in your heart and you start to live utterly, utterly. You start to think it foolishness to give yourself to those things because those things have no hold on you. Those things look utterly like a waste of time compared to the surpassing greatness of Christ. It is possible. It is possible to live consecrated. It's possible to, it's possible for those things to not pull you in. It is possible. And I don't speak tonight as an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old toast. Maybe it's possible. I'm talking to you tonight as an old man with half a foot in the grave with a bunch of kids. I've seen it. I've seen teenagers live. Literally, it's what it says in 1 Peter 2, like aliens. Like literally, like they're from another world because this world holds nothing on their, on their hearts. And I want to tell you tonight, if holiness is possible, why not you? If it's available. I mean, I mean, imagine the other side. Imagine saying, forget it. I don't want to go that route. We see it in pop culture all the time. All the time, the ones who get everything. They, they get the fame. They have, they have all the stuff that the world has to offer. And by the time they're 40... They're used up, bitter, married multiple times, divorced, angry, addicted to drugs, all of it. You've seen it. I don't have to tell you about it. You know it in the news. But the enemy will come to you and he will over and over, lurk and he'll try to get you, he'll try to get you to look at it, look at it, look at it. And one of the reasons why we don't have holiness in church is because we, we, we stare at the very things that the world stares at. And you want to know the way forward? I'm telling you, as old school as it is, it's really simple. Open up the word of God and say, God, exhilarate my heart with the reality of God. I want to know what it means that God is powerful. I want to know what it means that God is true. I want to study the things of eternity. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more fascinated with God than I am the things of the earth. If you do that, I promise you, I promise you, you can live consecrated unto God. You can live set apart. You can live with a vision and a desire and an ambition that far surpasses the lusts of the age, the lusts of the day. You have, to, you, have to, you have to actually open, fix your eyes upon the king. You have to fix your eyes upon the glory of God. 
How do I get there, David? What are you talking about? I'm talking about you. I'm telling you, it is, it is the simple. You, you actually choose to fix your eyes on God, open up the word of God, get worship songs as much as possible in your life, pray. If you do those things, as you do those things, the hold that sin has on you, the fascination with basically lust, pride, and greed, those are the bottom line ones. Those start to diminish in your life. But you have to choose it. It doesn't just happen. Some of you are waiting. You're waiting for just a moment where God just kind of leans over the balcony of heaven and does something crazy in your life. I'm telling you the way that I've seen this, you need to choose. God has, you're here, you're already, God's got you. You're, you've already got a, an avenue, a way forward. You need to choose. See, the way, the way to get light, the way to get, the way to get darkness out of your life, a lot of times people, they, they stare at the sin, they stare at it, and it's like, if this is darkness, how absurd, how absurd would it be if this was darkness? And you wanted to get rid of the darkness in your life. So you just started screaming at darkness. Ha ha! That's not the way to get rid of darkness. So then you went and you got buckets and you tried to scoop out darkness. That would be dumb. You can't scoop out darkness with buckets, right? There's one way, right? There's one way. There's one way to get the darkness out of your life and it's to shine the light. And if you do that, if you shine the light, if you shine the light of Jesus, the secret is shining the light and the darkness flees. Let's just try it. Everybody get out your buckets. Now scream at the darkness, see if it goes away. Still dark. All right, let's turn the lights back on. What do you know? There it goes, right? Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Truth be told, that is a picture of your heart. The way to get darkness out of your heart is not, Tyrell, I just can't stop sinning. And Tyrell, please, I just, I don't know what my deal is. And will you, just, will you, will you yell at the darkness in me? Tyrell, I mean, or, go, or your friend or whatever. The secret, Jesus, you are the light of the world. Only you can transform me. Only you can make me different. And so I want you. Jesus is the light. Jesus is your light. Here's what I want to encourage you guys with this. As we step forward into the years to come, for God to fulfill what God's going to do, I want you to know, if we do what God has called us to do, God works. I just know it. I just, just as kind of an old man practitioner, I've just watched it all my life. And I'm telling you tonight, God is going to move here. There's gonna be, we're gonna see campuses changed. We're gonna see God reach. I mean, this is gonna look like a little tiny core compared to what we're gonna see. And I'm not saying that with arrogance. I'm not saying that because this is a big church. I'm saying that because I've watched over the last 21 years, as we pray and as we stay the course, God works. I just know it. We're gonna see it. But one of the very core values, one of the things that has to exist is righteousness has to shine out of our lives. We will not receive the blessing of God if in our midst, 
we're addicted to sin instead of addicted to God. And I know we're in the early days. I know you're 14, you're 16, you're 18, you're 19, but we're gonna commit, we're gonna fall short, but we're gonna look to God and say, God, I want, I want righteousness in my life. I want it, Isaiah 62, five says, I want it to shine like the dawn. I want righteousness to shine at tag among this house. So if tonight you say, I wanna fix my eyes on God, I wanna fix my eyes so that my whole inner man is filled with light and darkness flees. I want us to be practical tonight. I want us to look at God and make that covenant tonight in prayer. God, consecrate us. If that's you tonight, you wanna say, God, I wanna live consecrated. I wanna fix my eyes. I wanna feast on the river of, uh, on the river of pleasure. I wanna drink from the, from the river of delights. I wanna feast on the abundance of your house. That's where I wanna fix my eyes, my time, my dollars, my attention. That's my life. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. No special stuff. Just come on up here and stand with me. Hold out your hands like this. I wanna pray for you. Nico, if you guys wanna come on up, come quickly. I'm proud of you. Don't talk. Shh, here we go. That's good. Oh, I love this. I love this. Wow. I thought maybe 10 or 20, not hundreds. Guys, what, what is God gonna do? What, is, what, what place do hundreds of kids come forward for holiness in the most wicked and depraved generation in history? I'll tell you where. Ones that have a vision to shine like stars. Shine. Jesus, we love you. God, we are convinced that you are the only way forward. God, we are convinced that we would rather feast on the abundance of your house and drink from the river of delights. We'd rather feast on God than live in the sewers and drink of the sewers of sin. God, better is one moment gazing on God, living with our whole, our whole body filled with light because our eyes are filled with light. Jesus, we want to be transformed as we behold. Jesus, we want to live where we guard our heart against the things of, the, of this world. We guard our hearts so that we can literally be light, where our inner man is filled with light. what will you do with hundreds of kids that choose holiness? What will you do? I'm just moved tonight. What are you gonna do? What are you doing? How do we find ourselves amidst a community of teenagers that wanna live with righteousness? choose tonight to be consecrated, set apart. We're yours. 
matter what happens, we're yours, God. We want to be holy. Psalm 36. Write that over tag, God. Psalm 36. We want to drink from your river of delights. That's our favorite place, God. Our favorite place. We want to be fascinated with Jesus more than the movies. God, we want to be fascinated. We want to be fascinated with your word more than music. God, we want to be fascinated with you more than sin. Oh, God. We want those things to grow strangely boring and dull compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing God. God. To help us and touch us. We want to give you a practical application tonight. So we've put pens, papers tonight for you to just write to the Lord. I want to consecrate this. You can come up here, snag a piece of paper, and then uh, we want you just to put it in the bucket. And here's why. Here's why. Because I don't want this to be a moment that goes away. I don't want this to be a moment where tomorrow you're different. So tomorrow, we're talking just tomorrow. Just tomorrow. Not this week, not my life, tomorrow. I want you to write, I want you to write to the Lord how tomorrow is going to look different for you. And some of you, you're going to write things that you're not going to do. But some of you, you're going to write what you are going to do. Some of you, you're going to write a verse. Some of you are going to write a prayer. You're just whatever just the nature that you would come down tonight means God's doing something. The Holy Spirit's doing something in you. And we just want you to say it to God. We just want you to write it down so that tomorrow, Thursday, you don't forget it. And tomorrow, we're gonna we're calling it Tag Consecration Day. And tomorrow, I want Facebook to be a buzz with what God is doing. Some of you are gonna fast. Some of you are gonna pray. Some of you are gonna spend time alone with God. Some of you are gonna forego just... No television for tomorrow because I want to spend more time with God. Some of you are going to be like, I'm throwing the iPod out tomorrow. Or some of you are going to say, I'm going to listen to something different. I don't know what it is. But tomorrow, let's just take a baby step. I know it's not a giant step. I'm not saying, you know, tomorrow we're all going to, you know, like become John the Baptist or something. But tomorrow, we're going to do something. A baby step. Just a little baby step. Just something that you live different tomorrow than you did today. All right? So we're going to give you a few minutes here. I want to encourage you guys. This is a holy moment. This is a holy moment. Try, if someone starts talking to you, look at him and say, shut up, punk. The guy said to shut up. And that little squeaky preacher guy said not to talk to me and then punch him in the face. All right, because this is a holy moment. I just want it to be quiet. All right, I just want, I just want you to write, under the, write whatever it is and then leave it up here. All right. Uh, so we're going to call this whole place, this, I mean, this, this room, it's, it's, this is just going to be a holy moment. I want you to write these things to the Lord. You can have conversation out in the, in the lobby. That's cool. But for the rest of the night, this is just going to be a night where we just wait upon God. Nico's just going to play. Let's let this be a holy, a holy moment. We'll just have quiet, soft music here. He may sing a little bit, but I just want the whole place to be totally quiet. Well, this is just a holy night for God. God's working in our hearts and I don't want it to be wrecked. All right, so I'm going to pray for you. And then you have your holy moment with the Lord. And when you need to leave, you leave. But don't have conversation in this room. Have conversation out there. Father, I pray for every tagger. Lord God, would you touch them tonight, God? God, who knows what you'll do? Who knows what you'll do when we choose to live in righteousness? God, I pray, Lord God, that in this house, Lord God, that there would be young men and women that live, Lord God, without lust in their lives, without sexual immorality. I pray, Lord God, that we would live without pride that we would live without greed and rage and anger and malice. 
God, we live without those things and envy and backbiting and gossip. But the way forward, God, is because we're fixing our eyes on you. When we fall short, Lord God, we reconnect, we refix our eyes on God and we drink. We drink on God. We fix our eyes on God daily. Have your way, we pray, God. Work in us, transform us, make us different. Let us be like little aliens in this city. We're from another day. We're from another world. We're living for eternity. We're living for the man who died on a cross who was God. We love you, Jesus. Let's just let this be a holy moment now. Go ahead and write. You're free to go when you need to go, but I just want enough time for us to go ahead. Write your prayer to the Lord. Write on here, then put your piece of paper in the white buckets, all right? We have pens and paper up here for you. Once you get your paper, why don't you go ahead and take it to your chair?